Radio. Hi, I'm Paul Ellard. Welcome to Our Queen, Our Mother, the Graces of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In our sessions, we will be exploring the topic of the Blessed Virgin Mary and why she is important to the Christian faith. With each talk, we will try and open up and explain in simple terms the Catholic Church's teaching on the Blessed Virgin Mary. We will also include a testimony of people who have experienced her love and grace in their own lives. So welcome to the program and let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. A loving God, we give you thanks and praise for all your love, for all your graces. We especially thank you, Lord, for those times when your presence and your power is so strong in our lives that in a sense we come face to face with you. Those beautiful moments when we encounter you, Lord, when we encounter your love, we thank you, we praise you. And we know, Lord, that you offer this to everyone in some form, in some way, you desire a personal encounter with each and every person. So we pray, Lord, that you will open our hearts so that we allow you in, so that we allow this personal encounter to take place. And dear Mother, we ask for your powerful intercession to be with us, to lead us to your Son, Jesus, that we may encounter his love and your love, the love of a mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. St. Louis de Montfort, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today we're going to present our program a little differently. We're going to spend most of our time talking with our special guest. Because our special guest has got a beautiful story to share with us. So I think we'll devote most of the time to that. And then perhaps at the end we'll end with a small reflection and prayer. Well, our special guest today is Annalise Parmituan. Annalise has a powerful story to share with us, starting from the time of her conversion as a young girl through to the miraculous events of more recent times. Annalise's story is one that will touch hearts and inspire us all to embrace life, no matter what the challenge, with great trust and hope in God's love. I have Annalise on the line. Welcome to the program, Annalise. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Well, Annalise, as a way of introduction, could you share with our listeners something of your background, please? Sure. I work for the Sydney Archdiocese. I work as an events manager for Catholic Youth Services. 
and I grew up, I was uh, born and raised Catholic and I went to Catholic schools, uh, primary and high school. I went to Mass on Sunday. We prayed the family rosary uh, together occasionally and uh, I grew up loving my faith and a very uh, happy-go-lucky um, child. But when I, I guess I was about maybe 13 or 14, I started to rebel. And I was rebellious, I guess, with my parents, but also against my faith. And it wasn't um, long, I think I was about 15 years old, I was in year 10, and I fell pregnant. And that was a very, very scary time uh, for me because I was scared, obviously, to tell my parents, but also as to what I was going to do, because as a Catholic, I, I felt very strongly against abortion, but I was also hearing, I guess, the voices around me, you know, various friends, etc., who were encouraging me to have an abortion because it would be a quick fix to the problem. And obviously, being very young, that was something that they were encouraging. So... What ended up happening was I started to keep the baby and uh, she has now grown up to be a beautiful young woman. She's 13 now. And I continued my studies by correspondence. I left high school and continued by correspondence my school certificate and went on from there to go to university. I went to the University of New South Wales I was offered a place in the Bachelor of Commerce, Bachelor of Law program, and I completed that uh, part-time while I had my little one. And I graduated with distinctions and was offered a wonderful job with a firm in the city. And so at that point of time, you would think that I was, you know, I, I would be happy, I'd be feeling happy inside because I'd kind of gone against the grain and achieved all these things. And I really had the world at my feet, but there seemed to be a, a restlessness and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And looking back, my faith at that point in time, it was, it wasn't very strong. You know, I, I remember reading St. Teresa was a story of a soul and thinking, wow, you know, she's so in love with Jesus, but I, I just, I couldn't imagine myself being there. I wanted to, but I just, um, I couldn't see how I was going to get to that place. And so following that, in 2011, I decided to pray an novena to Our Lady of Good Success. And my faith was, like I said, it was I was very distant from, from God, and most especially from Our Lady. I, I had real struggle with feeling any sort of devotion to Our Blessed Mother. And so for me, this was a big step in, in choosing to pray an novena to Our Lady. And in particular, I asked her to guide me in my vocation choice because at that point of time, I, I didn't know where I was headed. I had this great job, but I just didn't know what, what our Lord was calling me to, you know, whether I was to be married or, or single or perhaps, you know, when my daughter grows up a little bit, my vocation to the religious life. So I, I placed this in her hands and, and left it at that, and that was at the start of the year. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't much longer, maybe a few days later, I came across something called the Total Consecration to Jesus Through Mary by St. Louis de Montfort. And St. Louis de Montfort is one of Our Lady's greatest apostles. At the moment, I believe his cause is under consideration as a doctor of the church. 
And I was inspired to read that John Paul II, when he was in the seminary, that he too, like me, was having difficulty with the issue of devotion to Our Lady. And then he read St. Marie de Montfort's very popular and compelling book, True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, of which the total consecration is a part of. It's at the back of the book. And his conversion, having completed that consecration, was so powerful that he spent his pontificate speaking about Marian spirituality, as we know. So that, uh, I guess, inspired me to complete the consecration. And I finished it actually on the the Feast of the Annunciation. And I could uh, quite confidently say that my life, as I know it today, my relationship with God began on that day. I fell completely in love with Mary and, and consequently as devotion has a way of doing with Jesus. And so moving along from there in early 2011, I began dating my now husband and we put our relationship under the guidance of Our Lady from the very beginning. And so every time we went out on a date, we'd pray the rosary just to ask Our Lady for her guidance but also to prevent any any form of temptation while we were discerning our vocation together. And he himself, a couple of weeks later after I completed mine, decided to do his consecration and he then went away to India. He was starting to start up a charity in India and on his return he completed his consecration and I had the wonderful privilege of of witnessing his own transformation in his relationship with Mary and consequently he decided to spread the message and so he spoke to youth groups and net teams and, and anyone who would listen about the consecration you'd see it in his eyes when he spoke about Our Lady it would just light up and um, we had many young people who consecrated themselves to our Blessed Mother as a result. And if you speak to him today, I think he himself would testify that Our Lady, throughout our relationship, guided us. But he, he felt that she in particular guided his discernment to marriage with me and, and the proposal. And he chose to, to propose uh, when we were in World Youth Day in Madrid, the day after World Youth Day finished, which just so happened to to fall on the feast of the crowning of Our Lady Queen of Heaven, the feast of the coronation. And ironically, or perhaps not so ironically, he had chose to propose in front of a very important statue in my life, as the statue of Our Lady of Good Success. And the original statue, if you read the story, is located in a church in a little place in Madrid in Spain. And just so happened to be two suburbs from where we were staying with our World Youth Day accommodation. And so he took me there and we went to Mass and he knelt down in front of his statue and he proposed. And he had no idea that that at the beginning of that year, I had done a novena to to this same Our Lady under this same title, asking for her to guide me in my vocation. And there he was on his knees asking me to, to marry him. And I said yes, and we set the date of course, for a Marian feast day, which was the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary the following year. So on that day, our wedding day, we consecrated our marriage to our Blessed Mother. And almost nine months to the day later, baby Isabella Rose Mary was born. Uh, Unfortunately, it wasn't without complications. Uh, I had a long labor. And that labor culminated in what's called a postpartum hemorrhage. And I was told by the doctors that 
uh, that night that she was born, they almost lost me. And I remember myself as as I was going in and out of consciousness as they tried to to stop this bleeding. I was, I was looking at my husband's face and and he was so worried. You know, I could see him behind all the medical personnel that were rushing around and and inserting all sorts of drips and and blood transfusions. I remember, you know, seeing his face. He was holding our, our little newborn in his arms, and I I just prayed to Our Lady. I I prayed to her under the title of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And I just said, don't, don't let me go now. Don't, don't let me leave. And I, uh, I was told by the medical staff that, uh, I needed to prepare myself to, to say my goodbyes to, to my husband and, and to my oldest daughter. And so they took their turns and we spoke to each other. And, and then after that, I was wheeled away to theatre. I uh, managed to um, come through the postpartum hemorrhage bleeding. We had my husband had many masses offered up. He called every priest that he knew, and um, we had all sorts of prayer vigils going, family and friends. And two days later, on the feast of Saint Joseph, I was sitting up in bed, buttering my toast, much to the dismay of the intensive care unit doctors who were doing their rounds and they just they said it was an absolute remarkable recovery. Every doctor that I saw was astounded and we, we say miraculous, they say remarkable. And I guess at this point, you know, having having come back from hospital and, and it's now nine weeks later, for us Every single day is, is precious. Out of this, this experience of, of extreme suffering, we, we take nothing for granted. Well, actually, Annalise, that was going to be my next question to you. This dramatic experience of facing death immediately after giving birth to your daughter, how has this affected the relationship between you and your husband, Jay? I'd imagine that things that used to be important previously, perhaps not so important anymore. I guess, apart from the obvious, every single day is, is precious and, and you, don't, you don't take anything for granted anymore. I think as a family, it's helped us to, to grow a lot closer together and, and to grow in our faith and our, our trust in God because, you know, you have all these plans and you, you think you know how it's going to turn out and you know how you want it to turn out, but... It's just, you know, one, one little thing and, and suddenly it can be a, a, a switch and a change in the direction that life takes. And so when that happens, you need to be able to be prepared to, to say yes, just like Our Lady did at the Annunciation, just to submit yourself to God's will and, and most importantly, to, to trust Him. Um, because without that trust, I think we can we can just fight and we fight against God's will and they're like no I I don't I don't want to do that I don't want to go that way take this away from me but if we submit ourselves to His will and and just follow Our Lady's example then we can trust. Annalise, it sounds like through this experience you really had to face what abandoning to the will of God is all about, and because your yes to God's will was a yes without knowing what the outcome would be, this must have taken great trust in God. Absolutely, absolutely. And truly, I've learnt the meaning of truly abandoning yourself to divine providence. Do you find you have like a different attitude now towards material things? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
your eyes are just open and it just suddenly those little things they just don't matter anymore, you know? It's like you're saving, saving, saving every little penny at this at this point in stage in your life and and now I'm just like, let's just go on that holiday that we <laughs> wanted to go on in ten years' time and you never know. You never know when your last day is, so just um just have to appreciate every moment and, and, and arguing, you know, suddenly it's like just drop it. <laughs> Who cares? It's such a little petty thing to argue over. Whereas before, you know, you find yourself getting so caught up in in the everyday life and and work. I mean, at the end of the day, when you when you're leaving this life, my husband says there's no pockets in a shroud. <laughs> you know, you're not taking any of this money and and houses and cars with you. Annalise, I really enjoyed hearing about the powerful outcomes that you and your husband Jay experienced through your consecration to Mary. I know those little booklets that contain the 33-day consecration can be a bit tricky to source sometimes here in Australia, but speaking now for myself, I found there's something about the discovery of consecration to Mary that makes one want to go out and tell the world. And I was wondering if you and Jay had also experienced that call to evangelization. Well, to this day, Paul, we actually, my husband and I uh, consecrate people, so we order the books, and it's very hard to find the actual little consecration books in Sydney, and so we order them in from the United States, and then we um, give them to people, we explain the consecration to people, and then we, we give them the little books. And so, you know, Our Lady just has a way of just continually sending people the, our way to, to do this consecration. People who have done it tell other people, and then, you know, we get little letters in the mail requesting these books. And Elise, we were talking before about trust and how crucial it has been in your own journey, and I could not help link it to the Divine Mercy image which has that signature, Jesus, I trust in you. And I know from previous conversations with you that the message of divine mercy has been an important part of your own spirituality. Would you like to share some of your thoughts on how you see the importance of trust in the spiritual life and, of course, in doing so, how we imitate Mary? about Our Lady and, and the Annunciation, and, and that was the day that I, I performed my consecration. And it's all about trust. And I think, for me, I mean, even looking back to the very beginning of my life, when I had that, you know, I was faced with that decision, whether or not to to go ahead with with the pregnancy, knowing that I was this young teenager, and mm. and I had my whole life ahead of me, and so it was so attractive to to just be able to get rid of this problem so quickly, you know, when all my friends were saying, "Well, just have an abortion." But at that point in time, I was really being asked to trust. You know, it was like. Jesus there and his way to, to trust him, knowing that, that things would, would all work out for the better and, and, and like they have. But but all the way through these these little things that just kept on cropping up and and right to the to the very end point where I've I just had my my other little girl and, and being faced with having to having to trust him. You just think it that our lady does it so well and and if I can just trust in the way that she trusted God, then, then everything will be okay, just, just the way that it was for her. Well, Annalise, we want to thank you very much for being with us today. I know this is the first time you have publicly spoken about the big events that nearly took your life some months ago. So we're very honoured that you chose us to share this publicly for the first time. I've no doubt that many people have been touched by your story and 
I'm sure you've given a lot of people hope and inspiration to enter this journey more deeply and particularly a strong invitation to try the Marian consecration for themselves and realize what a blessing it is. So Annalise, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you, Paul. And I hope that, that in some way this can help inspire those listening, whether they they have a great devotion or conversely, if they are struggling as I did with, with their spiritual life and, and with their devotion to our Blessed Mother, that to know that there are these these precious gems out there, like like St. Louis de Montfort's consecration, which I guess act as, as spiritual springboards, if you like, to walk in the footsteps of, of Pope John Paul II and, and like he, commit to a, to a fervent devotion to our Blessed Mother. Thanks, Annalise. And to all our listeners, please don't go away because we'll be right back after the break with a short reflection. heard today Annalise's story and what a witness it is to the amazing power of Marian consecration. We covered the topic of Marian consecration a few sessions ago, but one of the things we didn't mention was where you can get the information on how to do a 33-day Marian consecration. Well, St. Louis de Montfort has this wonderful book that's available. It's a classic work, True Devotion to Mary. The actual prayers for the consecration can also be found on the net. I went searching and was able to find a number of websites that had the prayers for the consecration. So just do a search, 33-day consecration to Mary, maybe put in the word de Montfort, and you should be able to find yourself a copy. Those of you who have an iPhone, there's a wonderful app called iPieta. Last time I checked, it was selling for about $3. And that included this 33-day consecration. Ipiata, I mean, I have no interest in promoting people's apps, but I have to say it's one of my favorite apps. It's just so rich with what's in it. If you took all the books and put them on a bookshelf, you'd, you'd fill a bookcase with the books that's included in it. Classic works like Introduction to the Devout Life, Imitation of Christ, St. Louis de Montfort, as we said, St. John Vianney, St. John of the Cross, St. Therese of the Child Jesus, just to name a few. Just The list just goes on and on and on. Works from the Popes, documents from ecumenical councils, all of that for $3, great value, a wonderful little prayer book to have in your hip pocket. There's also another book that I personally have used on Marian consecrations and I too, like Annalise, tend to hand them out to people that I feel would benefit by it. And this book is also hard to get in Australia. I did manage to get a few copies down at the St. Francis bookstore in Melbourne. But if you're having difficulty sourcing it, then I'd suggest you go directly to the publishers. It's Queenship Publishing. So if you go to their website, queenshippublishing.com, the book is called, In the End, My Immaculate Heart Will Triumph. 
which of course is referring back to the great promise that Our Lady made at Fatima. And it has what I regard as one of the finest 33-day consecrations. It's very similar to the St. Louis de Montfort, perhaps a little more modern setting, but, you know, personal preference, a lot of these things. It's not an expensive book. This one sells for three ninety-five American dollars. The publisher claims that they've sold over 300,000. Looks like I'm not the only one who thinks it's a good book. <laughs> now, the consecration prayer is just a very simple prayer. It only takes few minutes to say but with these consecrations that last for 33 days the idea is that you prepare for 33 days and then on the 34th day make this very simple prayer of consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary so by praying for 33 days we allow Our Lady to bring the Holy Spirit into our hearts and to make our hearts fertile as though it were to allow us to understand what we're doing and how consecration works, and also to fall in love with Our Lady, to love her and to love Jesus and to understand why Jesus encourages us so much to make consecration to his mother. There's a lovely little prayer that I like to say daily. It's very similar to the Schoenstatt movement. This prayer is almost identical, just a few words changed, but it's basically the same prayer. And you can get that from the Schoenstatt movement. They have little prayer cards with it on the back. So I thought it might be nice if we just went through this and opened it up a little bit. And you get a taste of, you know, if you can penetrate into the mystery a bit in just a few moments, imagine what you can do with 33 days of preparation. So this consecration prayer goes like this. My Queen, my Mother, I give myself entirely to you. And to show my devotion to you, I consecrate to you this day my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole self without reserve. As I am your own, my good mother, guard and defend me as your property and possession. So just a short prayer, but it's very powerful. Let's just take a line at a time. My Queen, my Mother. So in this first line, we're presented with the whole understanding that Mary is Queen and Mother. And something that we're passionate about on this program, being called our Queen, our Mother. What does it say to us? That the God-man, Jesus, allows Mary to share in his sovereignty he has allowed her to inherit part of his glory. So what does this line imply? That Mary, as queen and mother, is obliged to form us more and more in her own image, which, of course, is the perfect image of her son Jesus. The next line. I give myself entirely to you. This is a mutual exchange. We give ourselves to Mary and Mary gives herself to us. Mary says to us, I too give myself entirely to you. And this is this mutual exchange of hearts. But all we're able to give to our Queen and our Mother is our misery. But she can transform us to be like her son Jesus. And if we really enter into this deeply, Mary can give us riches that God has given her 
to give to us. The next line, And to show my devotion to you, I consecrate to you this day. Note that with consecration, deeds must follow. We take 24 hours at a time. We take it step by step. But we're not alone, because when Mary is present, so too is the Holy Spirit. So I consecrate to you this day my eyes. What are my eyes like? Perhaps they are greedy, earthbound, heartless, dried up or parched. Perhaps they may be suspicious or lustful eyes. But what are Mary's eyes like? They are rich in mercy, compassion, rich in charity, pure and forgiving. Through our consecration, my eyes can become like Mary's eyes. I consecrate to you this day my ears. What am I listening to? Am I listening to heavy rock music? Am I listening to foul language? Mary's ears are always listening in prayer listening to the needs of her children and responding. Consecrate to you this day my mouth. What comes out of my mouth? Perhaps it's things that we don't want others to hear. Perhaps it's gossip. Perhaps it's being negative. Perhaps it's being critical of others. Maybe it's tied up in a false pride when we criticize priests rather than criticize our priests. We should be praying for them. What comes out of Mary's mouth? Prayer and praise. Words of encouragement, affection. These are the words we want to come out of our mouth too. We consecrate to Mary this day our heart. Where is our heart? Where our heart lies says so much about where we are. What are our interests? Is our heart bound up in sin? If so, go to confession. Ask Our Lady to free us, to give us a free heart, a heart that can love, a heart that can expand, like hers. The prayer goes on to say, I consecrate to you this day myself without reserve. So we give ourselves to Our Lady to form us, to shape us. Why? The next line in the prayer tells us, as I am your own, O good mother, guard and defend me as your property and your possession. It's a wonderful thing to think that Mary owns us. We're in great hands. The best mother to look after us, to guard and defend us. Why? Because we are hers. We belong to her. And if we belong to her, we belong to Jesus. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of your mother. Thank you for giving us a mother who loves us so much, a mother that we can rely on, a mother who's so gentle yet calls her children. Thank you, Lord, for calling your church to consecrate themselves to the immaculate heart of your mother. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you for this gift. We see the fruits of this gift in our lives. We can only give thanks and praise and we ask you for the grace so that we can truly make a heartfelt consecration to the Immaculate Heart of your Mother 
because a lady has told us that in the end her immaculate heart will triumph. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Radio.org.au